Welcome to Point of Relation with Thomas Hubel, a podcast that illuminates the path to collective healing at the intersection of science and mysticism. In his conversations with visionaries, innovators, artists, and healers, Thomas invites guests into a relational experience that allows inspiration and innovation to emerge. This is the Point of Relation. Welcome to Point of Relation. I'm Michelle, producer of the podcast. This is part two of a Q&A series with Thomas. In September, Thomas hosted a live event with Gabor Mate in celebration of his new book, Attuned. For that event, we invited participants to submit their questions for Thomas and Gabor. During this podcast series, we're asking Thomas some of the questions that he and Gabor did not have time to answer during the live event. So thank you to all those who submitted their questions, and we'll get through as many as we can. So first up is this question for you, Thomas. How would you describe the relationship between individual healing, relational attunement, and systems change? Yeah, I think the beauty of healing trauma is post-traumatic growth, obviously, that expresses itself through deeper personal integration so we feel we have more energy we feel more related we feel more creative we feel more grounded we feel more connected to life versus looking at life we feel more as an integral part of than somebody sitting on the fence looking at what's happening so there is like a we are coming more and more into life but it's not just an unconscious involvement it's like being in life and having the capacity to still have enough inner space to also witness our own inner process as we participate. That's different than from being in something and being lost, like unconsciously lost in the process. So personal integration work deepens our relational experience, dispels some layer by layer, some aspects of separation and shows us or reveals more and more the interdependence, the interconnectedness, as Dan Siegel loves to say, that we are an integral part of and more, we are the ecosystem. We are not just a part of the ecosystem. We We are that. So individual change creates more, uh, individual integration creates more kind of freeing up movement, uh, creativity, which is an individual gain, but it's also already a collective contribution. But it also melts a bit the difference between, or the separation between individual self and collective self so that it opens up those layers that these are not two different parts of life but they are a continuum they are like a a a flow a movement a system so that means i am an individual with a specific quality at the same time i am ecosystemic 
I am also the ecosystem. I am also the collective. I am also the ancestral data flow. And if we want to take it deeper spiritually, I'm also a much deeper perspective that goes beyond all these separate forms, it seems, that we can name. And, and the inner work is giving us access to the kind of fluid continuum participation in life. And that also means that if our relational capacities grow, we are less fragmented and fragmenting. We are less at the ring, not parts of ourselves, but also in the relationship to society. We are uh, less polarizing and more able to host polarization. We are more able to host conflicts. We are more able to host differences. And, and that means that we naturally, our contribution becomes more unifying by nature, not because now I'm trying to be less polarizing, because I'm my integrated interior is naturally creating less polarization. It's not a mental, moral stance. It's an embodied way of living. It's like walking my talk. And so that... That also creates more, when I feel more grounded in myself, when I feel I integrate more and more of my fears, then I feel naturally more secure and safe and related wherever I am, which means I, I can also contribute more generosity and more holding when, when people around me feel stressed or feel afraid because it triggers less of my own fears so I can be more available for that and it's not going to trigger me the opposite it will it will bring more of my compassion and my care and that's why my own internal integration becomes naturally ecosystemically active because that way of groundedness and more regulated nervous system more relationality will affect my environment where i work my family system me as a parent, as a citizen, I will naturally create that around myself. Not because I want to create it, because it's a great idea or a great way of living, because I'm creating it naturally by the way I am. And so every internal healing integration process naturally has also a collective impact. And then on top of that, is also that I that the, the willingness in myself to contribute and to give and to be of service and to notice how maybe my what was once my own traumatization and wounding because I spent more and more time to heal and integrate that also be I become a remedy. So when I want to engage, and often these things call me then because I feel I developed actually a capacity to that I can pass on. So my trauma turns more and more into wisdom. And so wanting to be more engaged, being less defensive, being more, being less like more unifying and less subject 
to polarization means my my contribution will naturally reach areas in society that I wasn't able to be active in before because of my own internal or unconscious enrollment in certain levels of polarization or societal fragmentation. And so there are many ways how individual work becomes systemically active and and also that our motivation, our resilience, our courage, our compassion, our love is growing. And we want to be in this life. We want to be active in society, not because it's good, not because it's a career, because we feel it's a natural consequence of the essence of who we are. And that's also why I often say our deepest humanity is our highest possibility, which means the more we ground ourselves and heal, we become more human, we become more ourselves. There's less need for kind of behaviors that we need to put in place in order to fit, in order to belong, in order to feel safe. And so it makes us feel more authentic, more real, more grounded. Also in many ways, sometimes more simple. But that groundedness becomes the vessel for kind of the higher spiritual potential, the higher updating potential that lives in us, the creativity to also manifest more in the world. So that's why I say often that our, in our deepest humanity, the more we ground ourselves in the world, the more the higher potential can really express itself in us and impact the world. And I think that's a deeply beautiful process and a very needed process. And I think systemically very, very relevant, including all the systemic sensing capacities and like a deeper perspective that I'm not trying to fix things outside of myself in the society, but that I'm more and more deeply connected to the things that I saw before as external problems. I changed my relationship to that, and that's why I'm also more effective in engaging those and being part of a change. Yeah, so maybe I think this is, I mean, there's so much more to say, obviously, but uh, maybe we keep it here. Yeah, I love that concept that we are the remedy and that our individual and relational actions can ripple out into the collective. That's great. And for this next question, you touched on it a little bit in your response to the previous one, um, but maybe you can expand on it a little bit more. This is from Caitlin. She asked, individual and collective trauma are at play in most workplaces. How can we relationally attune in busy work environments? Yes. So let's first look at the word busy. There is busy in the sense of there is a lot to do. And there is busy in the sense of the sometimes conscious, often unconscious, traumatic stress in our systems, individually, ancestrally, collectively, creates a basis of busyness 
on which a lot to do business lands. So there's often a mix between a higher baseline stress level and a lot to do. And maybe the collective synchronization of many people having higher baseline stress levels, even if everybody or many people have 10% more stress through attachment trauma or other traumatization or ancestral trauma transmissions that increase just by 10% the stress in an organization, let's say it's a it's just a, a number as, a, as an example. And that 10% higher stress level is the basis on which the busyness of the day-to-day workloads landing, including all the trigger moments when somebody gets triggered, gets stressed, talks to another person in a power over way, there's fear, there's all kinds of dynamics and behaviors that conflicts, frictions, passive aggressive behaviors, and so on. So there's a whole dynamic. So sometimes we mix, when we say it's busy, we mix some of those. So one important um, aspect of a more attuned way of creating workplaces is to become aware of that underlying stress to develop together a more regulated way of living in our own bodies, emotions, nervous systems, and then re-relating a more regulated way as we form organizations. So that will already decompress a lot. And then on on a second level of our development, we are increasing our capacity to, to attune to each other, to practice I feel you feeling me, I feel the team that I have a meeting with, I am somebody that holds a bigger relational awareness of a board meeting, I'm more aware of everybody's inner state as we are having those meetings, I'm more aware of the tensions in the room, the difficult conversations that need to be Head, but they are not being created or being uh, initiated. So there's a there are unspoken things in the organization that creates more stress. So there's there's a, um, a heightened awareness of the social, relational, uh, and cultural environment in organizations that can be trained and learned that will improve the holding capacity. Then. Of course, that needs individual training and development, but it also needs a collective awareness that in organizations, especially in organizations where kind of traumatic events happened like massive layoffs, scandals, transgressions, um, ecological disasters, pain that has been inflicted to other cultures, indigenous populations through the way business is being practiced um, and many, many other things. It means that we, or COVID, for example, in some of the organizations where COVID left a lot of mistrust, there's a 
this relatedness between employees and organizations. There's less trust in in leadership. There's less trust in maybe opinions that we held during COVID that were uh, conflicting. And so we are. We need digestion spaces. Organizations also need to create spaces where the, the kind of ecosystemic stuff that gets accumulated can be looked at, made transparent, be digested, be integrated, and channeled into new growth. And so in all of that, um, attunement, relational awareness building, but also trauma-informedness is important because all of it is needed in order to upgrade our cultural holding spaces, see also biases, overt or covered up racism, anti-Semitism, um, gender inequality, so that the different levels of collective trauma that reside in, in our societies become more visible for the organization to use that visibility as a growth dimension that creates a bigger, better, more fair, more just environment for us to work together and to flourish together. And so I think it's very, very important that there's, there are trauma-informed organizations, there's trauma-informed leadership, there's trauma-informed coaching and consulting, there's trauma-informed kind of governmental activity that helps us to create those collective structures we need um, in order to take care of our collective health and many, many more uh, aspects that I think derived from what I just said. And so I think that's a very, very important question. And I think sometimes we say, oh, because of the fact that we are very busy, it's not possible that X, Y, Z. And I think, first of all, that's not true. It might seem that way, but in order to catalyze systemic change processes in organizations, we have to begin somewhere to develop practices, skill building, and also maybe leadership development in order to change our systems without needing to stop them for a long time and go through a healing process that is not compatible with uh, business practice. I think there are ways to implement that. And I also see in my own work how many organizations are actually ready and open and want to do that change. So it's definitely possible. That's great and exciting to hear and imagine more uh, trauma-informed workplaces where many of us spend our time um, are possible. So um, that's great. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. We do have more questions, so um, we'll explore doing more Q&A episodes in the future. And if you want to dive deeper again into some of these concepts, uh, please go ahead and order your own copy of Attuned. Uh, you can uh, see where to order that at attunedbook.com. 
And we'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast. You can write to us from, if you go to pointofrelationpodcast.com and uh, please be sure to leave us a review and rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Let us know how you liked the Q&A episodes and we'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Point of Relation with Thomas Hoover. Stay connected by visiting our website, pointofrelationpodcast.com, and by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review and share about us with your community on social media. Thank you. We appreciate your support.